0: Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website, christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback. And please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy. What you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. One. Hello everyone, and welcome to this brand new episode of Christine Means Business. And it is one of my favorite ways of doing these because today I'm joined by an awesome guest. Welcome with me, Tracy Bissett, who is uh, and I uh, just asked her how to pronounce it, seriously, <laughs> like the, tension span no a, <laughs> the tension span of a goldfish, but let me quickly formally introduce her to you, uh, introduce her to you because we're talking about one of my favorite topics today which is money. So as chief financial fitness trainer, how very cool is that title by the way, Tracy educates and empowers individuals, notably young adults and entrepreneurs. So keep listening to take control of and live their financial lives with confidence. Oh my God, I love this already. As a former executive at TD Bank, one of Canada's big five banks, Tracy has worked with and in support of thousands of individuals and entrepreneurs to secure the financials they needed is also a full-time professor in the financial services faculty within the business school at Centennial College. So I'm super honored that you have the time to, you know, help our listeners to just enlighten us all and to make our business grow and, you know, just be better through your knowledge and education. So thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Christine. I'm excited to be here. I love talking all things money
0: brilliant now I have to say and you probably encountered this before and again and again that money was a really weird topic for me for a long time I e. for me it was just I never talked about it never considered it everything was on autopilot before I became an entrepreneur I had my paycheck I never and I'm very lucky also blessed that I never worried about it I I always lived under the perception that I'm not good with money because whenever I had it I would spend it (laughs) um, which just meant to me I can't handle a lot of it because I will just waste it. I never looked at my bank account because I just it's just going to work out somehow and if I wasn't overdraft then next month's salary would obviously change that and all of that changed when I became an entrepreneur and to me and people who know my backstories To me, everything changed when I did a couple of, it was a couple of changes together, but I worked with different coaches in terms of mindset. But one of the most important changes I made is that I worked with a financial coach. And she sat me down and we went through all my expenses. And it's the system I still teach my clients today, all the expenses that I actually need to make a living, personal as well as professional throughout the year, um, because you know, you have all this beautiful money racked up, and you know, I'm gonna have this fabulous <laughs> spa weekend, and then this ridiculous bill for something useless, like garbage bins or something like that, comes in, and you're like, That's not sexy, but I have to pay it, damn it. And the situation kept me stuck, I had no idea what to charge. Cash flow was a concept, I didn't even know what that meant, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew the word, but I was not. A business woman per se like I loved my business I even loved marketing but the whole financial aspect was completely new territory so once I started to control that um, it changed everything it really changed everything and so I'm really excited that you're here today because I'm absolutely certain this scenario is not something that you're unfamiliar with I'm absolutely <laughs> certain you've come across that a lot So welcome and maybe tell us a little bit, you know, first of all, has money always been a subject that you were drawn to and how did you happen to work with entrepreneurs? Like what sparked you to focus on this weird niche of people?
1: (laughs) Uh, So I have loved money since I was a little kid, six, seven years of age. I was really fortunate. We used to have regular money conversations in my house. Uh, My dad was a banker and my mom uh, was a stay at home mom, but she was really good with money. So we used to talk about things. So it was normal to be talking about. It would be normal to see her make a grocery list, um, to not go and get the groceries till it was payday and to actually go and like only get the things on the list, not this running out to the store every day like we we do now (laughs) if we can. Um, And so I, I learned from a really young age, like money, we should have respect for it. We should learn how to use it. We should put some practices around it, Um, but where it really showed up and it clearly when I was seven years old, this wasn't the rational thought at the time, but in the summer, I wanted to go to the corner store and get um, candies and chips and slushies every day. And so (laughs) I would go to my mom and I would say, can I have some money? So she said, you can have money once a week, Tracy, and we, we don't have money for you to do that every day. So it wasn't that we didn't have money, but we weren't going to spend it on that. So I thought, well, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to find a way that I can get money. So my friend and I outside brainstorming all these different ideas, we had garage sales, we had lemonade stands. We would create these little clubs for kids to play with us and we would make a game, but we would charge them to come. We would do all (laughs) kinds of things. We even created a little neighborhood newspaper, flashy news, where we would interview our neighbors and then uh, write out our stories. Our dads would take turns photocopying at their office. But we figured out a way to get money. And and through all of that, I learned that money can get you what you want. It can help you do the things you want. And so obviously not as eloquent at that time processing that, but I knew that you could
0: use money to do whatever you wanted. That's and so, the gist of it, isn't it yeah. though? I mean, it's not positive or negative. It's literally what you choose to do with it. Whether you choose to save the world with it, whether you choose to give it away, whether you choose to keep it, who cares, you know? But it's that's ultimately it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cause I could have chosen to be like, okay, I'll go to the store once a week, but I didn't want to. So I found a way to get the money. And then um, in my schooling, like I learned about business, my dad was involved supporting entrepreneurs at the bank when he was in his um, role. And then I got involved in junior achievement in, in junior high and high school. And I learned about how companies were formed and we would make our own product and we would sell it. And we had some really terrible products, like horrible <laughs> things. Like I, I can't believe people bought them, but I was i became a really good salesperson at that time and so one thing that some of the listeners won't even know what it is but we used to repackage potpourri which is like dried up fruit and pieces of wood that smelled nice yeah. or not so nice and i went door to door i sold those little packets i became the top salesperson and so nice. I, I really liked business so then i decided i would go on to business school. And in business school, then I got recruited by a bank to go into their commercial lending area. And I thought, I'll go there for one or two years, see how that is. And then I'll probably either go work in one of those companies or I will make my own. Mm -hmm. And then 16 years went by and (laughs) (laughs) I was supporting entrepreneurs throughout that whole time. And and that was fantastic. Uh, And then there came a day that my my job was eliminated. So I had to make a decision. Did I want to keep doing that? And it was very easy to go and get another role doing that. Or did I want to try and take all the things I liked and put them together? And and that's why I started my business. I
0: love it. But you're still teaching at the same time, right? I love this so much. So let's look a little bit at a typical scenario. Um, Let's say a lot of my listeners are very much in the same situation that I was in terms of that. We come from a professional background that has nothing to do with creating your own business so creating your own business is a side effect that's non negligible Mm -hmm. but let's be very frank out there nobody expected it to be this much actually you know so it's like oh i want to be a health coach or i want to be an artist and then it's like yeah you also need to do all of this um and then financial literacy it's kind of yeah we kind of know how it works but it's so different with a business in terms of cash flow all of these things so what maybe let's focus on three elements that you see entrepreneurs and business owners struggle over and over with that can actually be avoided or um, that you could have a quick strategy to that people can implement or at least investigate
1: yeah and I just want to let all the listeners know you're not alone so when I started (laughs) my business like I was an expert at uh, financial projections, cash flow, and, and a few other things. But I didn't know marketing or sales or how to make websites. So I had to learn all that stuff. And we normalize that it's okay to learn that, but it's not okay to that you don't know the financial side. So I just want to let people exactly. know that it's okay and it's, it's normal. Absolutely. So, <laughs> in terms of the things that I see that if, if I could give you a head start, if you could wave a magic wand, the first one is not taking accountability for the financial side of the business. So, I see it show up in one of two ways. One, it could be you hire the accountant and the bookkeeper and you just let them go crazy and you don't even monitor anything that they're doing. So, that's one form of avoidance. The other is just burying your head in the sand. And if you sell lots of stuff, you'll obviously
0: make money and no worries. So, that first thing, I like, just yeah. be like, I <laughs> made lots of money. I have no idea how much is going out, but I just knew how much was coming in, kind of. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So first thing you've got to step up and you have to take responsibility. So if you don't have any knowledge about that area, which is absolutely normal because majority of business owners are expert at whatever their product or service is, take the time to learn. So put yourself on point. You're the CEO. You've got to learn it. So that's the first one. The second one um, is really um, you can do it anytime, but especially at the beginning, it's validate your idea. Mm. You have to make sure that what you're offering And the people you want to offer it to will pay the amount of money that you need. And if you don't do any research, if you don't actually run the numbers to make sure you can make money off of the price you want to charge them, um, you're going to end up wasting a lot of time and money. And uh, a lot of business owners, they want to just get right into the running of the business. They don't want to waste their time and get slowed down by a business plan. But I can tell you that sometimes a good outcome of a business plan is doing the, the work and figuring out that this is not a viable business. Before you put your life savings into it, before you put quit your job, before you do all that kind of stuff, like make sure it's, it has a good chance
0: of working. And here's a question for you. Cause I never had a business plan. <clears throat> I still don't have a business plan. Like I, I know what, what I need to make. And so, but to be honest, um, so where, and this might sound really silly because I'm doing well, I have my projections kind of thing, but a business plan to me sounds so alienating and so difficult. I don't even know where to start. So, what would be maybe a resource or somewhere where people who um, like me are a little bit terrified of this idea of having to do a business plan? Um, although my idea is validated because I have clients, you know, obviously. But how do we even get started? Great question. And, and yes,
1: sometimes that's what, what puts people off it and they, they just want to get going. So think about it as a story that, that highlights how you're going to cover every area in your business and how you plan to do it. So if we Got think it. about it like a story. Uh, in Canada, we have Business Development Bank of Canada, which is the bank for entrepreneurs um, at bdc.ca. So I'll send you the link, Christine. You can put it in the show sure notes, but they have a business plan template and you just download it and you can fill it in. And so it step-by-step walks you through what you need to do. It prompts you with questions. And so it's a totally free resource. Anybody around the world can access it. And if you're finding that it's hard because perhaps um, you've never learned anything about business before, then you can work with someone like an accountant, like a financial coach to help you create the business plan. And sometimes it's as much as we might work together and I'm going to um, verbally ask you the prompts. And when you're stuck, I'm going to give you some suggestions, but you're still going to do the work because it's really important that you understand it. it. doesn't matter if I think it can be successful. If I want to do it on a way um, that doesn't get to the target client you want to serve, you have to be happy with what the plan is going to be. Um, so there are tools out there and there are certainly people who can help you, uh, but it is so much worth your time and you're going to save time and you're going to save money because it can take some six, 12, 18, 24 months for your business to become profitable. But if you're on the wrong path and you're targeting a client who will never pay what you need to to charge, you've either got to pivot your client group, you've got to change your offer. And all of those are great outcomes of a business plan because you haven't then uh, expended the time and the money. So really important to do that. And that brings me to the third one, which is pricing. So, when I work with entrepreneurs, typically sales are between 100,000 and 2 million um, because you've got to get up to probably about 100,000 before it's going to make sense to, to work with a financial coach. And the, the one consistent thing I hear is I'm not getting a steady paycheck. I quit mm-hmm. my job, I started my business, or I did this instead of a job and I'm not making any money. What's wrong here? And the culprit uh, 85% of the time and 85% of the clients that I work with, the pricing is not right. So when you don't look at your numbers and you just kind of do it in your head and you set your, your sales uh, price, and then you just think, oh yeah, that's, that's fine. Those are all the expenses that will be covered. You usually miss, miss some inevitably, and you're actually losing money on every single thing you do. And so most entrepreneurs will say, well, if I just sell more, it'll work out. Yeah. And the only, the only way that that plays and it works well is on a, a volume business where maybe you're selling inventory and the, the larger volume you sell, then it does work. But for most service-based businesses, that is not the solution. It's not the and um, the easy one to look to, if you're, if you're not sure if you're making money, think about if you had to pay somebody else to do what you do, would you make money after that? Because most people aren't factoring in their own time. Cause they're like, oh, that's my business. I can work however much I want. Um, so focus in on the pricing and when you get clarity on that, it allows you to then see, am I going to keep offering these three things or am I going to narrow down to one? Am I going to charge who I, who I sell it to? Might I make, maybe I'm not articulating the value well enough that, that that's why people will not pay more. And so all those things are super important. And and what also comes up then with pricing is all the baggage we have emotionally. So I had such a positive young experience about money and I love money but that is not most people's um, life. Whatever happens when you're that five to seven age um, that sticks with you your whole life. I've had a little girl five years old tell me money's evil when I was volunteering and doing a program. And so imagine imagine what's happening in her house. There's probably yelling. There's probably crying. There's probably a lot of, we can't afford that. Like she probably doesn't even know what money is yet, but she knows it's a
0: really bad thing for her. I agree. I agree. And I mean, I teach it the same way in terms of pricing. We first have a hard look at our numbers, which is traumatizing in its own, you know? (laughs) So it's really taking the judgment away from it first, as in this is no judgment. It's literally just numbers and actually being aware of how much we use. And- a lot of it is hidden bills, like the thing that you pay once a year or, you know, eat grocery shopping, like those we underestimate clinically. Like I just feel always. Mm-hmm. And so I, I use something like YNAB, you need a budget to keep track of it. Not all year round, but like just for three months, just keep track just to give gauge how much you actually spend. And it's just, uh, <laughs> it's a wake up call. So and then obviously you have your business expenses, your softwares, your subscriptions. Well, even the you plugins, use. like sometimes you plugins, need softwares
1: to talk, and now it's sixty dollars a month for this little thing you didn't exactly. even know you needed. And do you need, need it?
0: five of them? Exactly. Or you know your PayPal automatic recurring payments, all of that. And then once you know how much you need to make, then calculate away taxes, add some profit, and then we have a baseline and then you can actually even start to consider pricing the other thing that is also because i see the pitfall is always three things people either take on what their training is suggesting that they should charge they compare the shit out of every Mm -hmm. other service provider or comparable source and adapt it that way um or they just compare to a brick and mortar locally kind of thing and you don't know what people's living situations are. You don't know where these other coaches live, how much rent they have or how much their mortgage is. Maybe they don't have a mortgage at all, you know? So it's ridiculous to compare it unless you have your own baseline. And exactly. once I find, once people understand that, okay, I actually have to, it's actually a job because it's fun. We don't want it to be a job because a job sounds horrible, but in the <laughs> end it is because we still need to contribute to society with our salaries, you know? That has a huge shift, so um, that's a huge one I found when I looked at it. You know, to understand what that means, to have everything aside, not touching that, and just the rest is then my cash flow, which I can actually play around with. And then the other thing is, as you said, it's the money mindset, and um, mm-hmm. shamelessly going you know, to plug in a course that I just created, and it's called the Money Mindset Journaling Journey. It's quite a handful, but you find it if you go to my website and you go to courses. There's a little sub menu there that you can click and it's just it's very simple it's literally just one week where you get a journaling prompt every day on the baggage that you have like money is evil or what's what are all the different whatever it is
1: stuff you didn't even know that you feel and exactly um, and if you just pause and and how do you react when a bill hits your inbox yes your stomach get tight do you feel ill Exactly. Um, are you excited because you know you made a lot of money this month and no problem you can pay your bill right now but it's just those little things and and when you do the digger beeping it actually then opens up a lot so
0: that's fantastic you have that exactly and I love connecting it to journaling and fun journaling like not super serious journaling but fun journaling because You need to lovingly face that crap um, because otherwise you will sabotage yourself. You will not even notice when you start sabotaging yourself and stop showing up. That's what I see a lot of the time, like people get traction
1: Mm -hmm. and then
0: they panic and it's like, one foot on the accelerator and one foot on the brake all the time. It's like, oh,
1: it's working, it's working. Ah, okay,
0: so I'm gonna break, and it's that's. Well, because piece. certainly,
1: the the more traction you get and more visibility, the more people are gonna come out and criticize you. So you have to feel comfortable to stand behind the value that you offer. Yeah. Um, the other thing we didn't we would touch on, but is super critical, is that difference between profit and cash flow. Um, yes, please the explain. Are, because
0: yeah. I I mean. Hmm. I think I well it was my financial coach who explained it to me and um, she works with Mike McAllowitz, like the profit his yep. name is not McCallowitz; that's the guy from Monsters University but I always call him that way I don't remember his name but profit first and yes. she actually explained to me what cash flow was because I didn't know what it was so let's quickly have a quick maybe a definition Yeah, and I'll go through
1: a couple of examples just <laughs> exactly. so it's crystal
0: clear so
1: when we have our profit and loss our income statement that shows us all our sales and our expenses that's based on accounting rules so if we um, are booking a client, we're going to charge them for their program, we're going to bill them, we're going to show our sales, but they might pay us over 12 months. And so we're only going to get the cash in every single month so that we're recording the sales, but we're not um, going to see that cash in. Um, event planner is a great one to think about because if we are going to have an event, we're going to plan a wedding for somebody. As Soon as they want to work with us, we're taking 50% cash up front pretty much. We're not running the, the wedding that day till they give us the other 50%. And so we've got all the cash we need to fund all the expenses related to that. But there are a lot of businesses, especially if you're dealing with corporates, where you'll provide your service and then you build them and then they might take 30, 60, 90 days.
0: I know. <laughs> Tell now me about all of it. a sudden
1: you've got this big disconnect. You've yeah. recorded the sales. So on your income statement, you look really profitable, but the fuel and the lifeblood of your business is the cash. So if no cash comes in, and I've seen it time and time again, certainly during the 2008 financial crisis uh, was really prevalent that businesses can go under in as quick as 90 days, even if you're selling and you're profitable on paper, if no cash comes in and you don't have access to credit or you don't have cash reserves, that's it business over. Um, so keeping in mind and understanding, and it's different for every industry, it's even different for different players in the same industry, depending on their size and stature. Um, so you need to be really mindful of, and, and an easy way to think about it, because I think we should make things as simple as possible. Even with the pricing we were talking about, if we can't jot it down on a piece of paper and get to the answer, we're making it too hard. So <laughs> let's, let's make it easy. Um, flow, let's think about the journey of our customer. They're going to come and work with us, sign the agreement. We do our service. When is it that the money is going to come? When do they pay us? And just follow that cycle all the way through. And then if, if it's not for 30, 60, 90 days, what's your plan to cover that, those expenses during that time? Do you have staff? Do you have your regular bills? And, and just thinking all of that through and cash flow forecasting, uh, I encourage my clients to, to look out six months in the future. And what that does is it highlights all of the potential problems you might face where there's not going to be enough cash. And then by having lead time, you're able to come up with so many different solutions versus mm-hmm. it's the day payroll is due and you don't have any money in your bank account and you have no options. Uh, yeah. That's not a good feeling. And when cash flow is tight, you can you can see it. I, I'm sure people listening can feel it. You almost are like preoccupied 100% of the time on your money. You're yeah. not sleeping, you're anxious, you're super stressed, your relationships are now kind of tense because you're so tense and you're not probably delivering well for your clients Agreed. because you cannot focus on what you're supposed to be doing because you're so consumed by the money.
0: Yeah. And you're not, you're not great at client acquisition because you don't have the energy to show up in, in service because you're just so bogged down and it clogs up. Or you're showing up desperate.
1: I yes, this and that's sales. the worst. And you better come with me because I'm not making payroll if, if I don't get this. Yeah,
0: money. <laughs> and I can tell you from experience, like the easiest. I mean, I let me see. This year in 2021, I didn't have a single sales call that didn't convert, apart from one. All that's of the awesome. others converted into clients. It's freaking fantastic. But it's also because I'm very detached in terms of I don't need to make this money because I have enough. It's all good and it's really an opportunity, but it's not my job to make anyone take it. And -hmm. it's very different from when I was in a place in the beginning of business, like five, six years ago, where I really need to do it. And you would, you know, twist and turn and people noticed it is a vibe people know immediately. And it just sucks because you start to cram out content that actually doesn't mean anything. You're in that feast and famine cycle of, and it, it, it's exhausting and also mm-hmm. mentally you feel like a loser and then you can't celebrate your wins because you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop you know so it's yeah no I get it it's tough it's brutal really yeah so, and what
1: comes with it is that shame and embarrassment and yes. like I mentioned earlier it's okay to get help it's okay not to know but now that you've heard us talking today it's not okay not to do anything anymore no. so your we're business this- will
0: go under it's very simple and I love that you touched on the cash flow forecast. It's something that made my stomach twist the first time we talked about it and when we (laughs) laid it all out, but it's also very empowering because it's like, okay, I need to focus a little bit more now to make sure that in six months time I can just relax and chillax in Aruba, you know, (laughs) whatever you want Well, the great
1: thing about it is when you keep one regularly and so the... Mm -hmm. The frequency of it is going to depend on how tight your cash flow is. So yeah. the normal is to do it on a monthly basis. You've got mm-hmm. tighter cash flow, you do it weekly, and if it's really tight, you do it daily for a while. And that's just how you be successful. Um, but once you've got that running and you're always keeping it up to date, say you want to bring on a new employee and you're not sure if you can afford it, let's plop that that amount you're going to pay them in there and see what happens. How much more sales would you need to generate? So within minutes, you can actually use numbers to help you make decisions, which is the ultimate uh, empowerment and how you get the confidence to make those calls in your business.
0: Yeah. And also, I mean, if you step into your inner CEO, you need to be able to hire and fire quickly. In the beginning, it's going to be your freelancers. After a while, you might want to see if you want to hire someone full time. But when you have the numbers, it's just, it's nothing personal. It's a truly business. Okay, I'm going to step into more of it right now because this little item here, I can let go. And it's not, it, it will help you as well to be detached because it's literally numbers. There's no judgment around it. Um, so I find that really empowering. So I remember that I hired my financial coach after I saw a friend of mine posting and she had this you can do it in a spreadsheet but she did it really creatively where she had a sheet of paper and there were stars and hearts and the stars (laughs) represented one type of package she had and the hearts represented another type of package i think the hearts were five thousand each and the stars were a smaller product like 500 i'm making this up but it was similar and she was just showing how she filled those in as she enrolled clients and she was like this is just my way of doing the forecast in a way, you know, knowing visually how much I need with a beautiful energy. And then she was like, I made this much profit and everything with this coach. So I checked out my coach at that time and hired her from that. Now, you are here for a reason and people are listening Mm -hmm. for a reason right now as well. So this might be your heart and stars moment, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. So what do people do when they are like, okay, I kind of know what I want to do, but I really want to, I'm ready to face this this beast let's put it that way and I really want to make peace with money I want to work with it I want to create loads of money babies how do they get in touch with you and what can they expect when they reach out to you um so I'm a really direct person
1: I like (laughs) honest feedback no that's important to know because I'm not going to be for everybody um but I I come from a really kind caring positive approach I'm going to call you out if you got some some beliefs that are not really accurate and we're going to just get to the, the facts and it's all fact driven. So it's important that I meet people exactly where they are. So if mm-hmm. we need to spend some time on the financial statements to learn what they are and how they work, we're going to start there. Uh, Typically, I do a a financial assessment to show how they're performing compared to their years in business, if they've been in business for a while, or even to the industry, so that we can benchmark and place you and see how would an objective observer rate your business and what would they say. And so then we dive into it. It's truly coaching. So creating that cash flow forecast together, making a dashboard where you can see those key indicators you need to see to monitor your business digging into the pricing. And it really, yeah, when I'm doing the one-on-one coaching and I work with um, men and women across all different industries, as I said, sales are typically between a hundred thousand and two million. Um, we go where they need to go. And so okay. lots of times the discussion gets into personal as well. Uh, I'm a chartered financial analyst, so I have lots of credentials in terms of a financial knowledge in addition to my experience I'm not going to create a financial plan for them but I am going to refer them to a planner if that's where they need to go next and the the goals are to get the tactical tangible skills as well as the, the increase in confidence that comes with. Then you can have that conversation with your lender or your banker even your suppliers and it's really about the facts not about your shortcomings or insecurities as um, a business owner which always comes up when it's money Uh, I also work with entrepreneurs in a group program. So we go through the similar kinds of things. Um, It's based on uh, more uh, generic numbers and we're looking at case studies, but it's at a lower price point so that more people can have the opportunity to to tackle this aspect of their their business. Um, As you can probably tell, I'm a huge fan of knowing your numbers. And I think having um, a regular time in your schedule is really important at minimum monthly, but weekly is the best cadence. Um, So I do have a gift for your audience so they can get started today, uh, which is a money meeting agenda. So even if you haven't thought about the financial side of your business before today, you can go and download it and start right now. And you can grab that at cashcoach.biz. And so uh, money meeting agenda, cashcoach.biz, and you can get started right away. That first meeting might be looking at the agenda for 20 minutes
0: because you're thinking through
1: what is that? Um, but one meeting is then if you're doing your own bookkeeping, you might be doing that. If you're outsourcing your bookkeeping, it's then reviewing the results that come back from your bookkeeper. Another meeting will be around planning how to hit your goals. Maybe it's updating the cash flow forecast. And I'm not talking about one day a week. Let's talk about a half an hour. Let's just get started and make it a regular practice like you do with sales and marketing and
0: everything else in your business. Beautiful. I love it. And you have that in the show notes as well to click, but if you didn't hear it, then can you repeat the URL again? So if people didn't hear
1: it. Absolutely. Cashcoach.biz. And so from there, you'll, you'll be directed to my website you can check out all the resources there as well.
0: Super. I love it. I love it so much. And I would recommend check that out first and then reach out if you feel called that this is really what you want to focus on. I do it as a part of the whole, but I personally know how life and business changing it was when I actually worked with my coach for three months, just on my finances. It was life changing. So I absolutely recommend it. Um, And yeah, so Tracy, thank you so much for being here. It was such an important conversation to have. I'm glad that we touched on all the difference, like the the strategies as well as the mindset. It's really important to hear um, all you guys, you know, we all struggle with it, but we also enjoy it. Like that's the best thing, but it's definitely um, a learning curve. On all different sides so have a look at all the different resources they are all in the show notes on christinemeansbusiness.com forward slash podcast and you just find it in my menu too and yeah i'd be so happy that i had this conversation everything is there and tracy thank you so much for joining us and i hope that you'll get many 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 people who get in touch with you
1: Oh, thank you so much. And if anybody has questions or comments, LinkedIn's the best place to find me. Tracy has an E and Visit has two S's, two T's. Love hearing questions, comments. So don't
0: hesitate to reach out. Amazing. All right. I'll be talking to you soon, you guys. I'll be back next week with a mini blog and in two weeks with another guest. So stay tuned. Bye-bye for now. All right, and here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business. Online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, or Twitter, or Pinterest, or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.